That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 259 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be joining you. We have a beautiful day here. Uh, I believe we're up to about 17 degrees uh, sunshine after about a week's worth of rain. I was uh, checking uh, what type of wood I would need to build an arc and was getting ready to put that on layaway uh, at the... Uh, the Arc Building Store. I'm going to be sharing my tips for round eight, and in just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Mick Aussie from MickAussie.tv, and we're going to get into uh, his tips as well. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that if you have a uh, local footy club that you would like to get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, make sure that you drop me a note via email, shoot me a message over on Facebook. You can find me, Craig Wessels, or Yank on the Footy Podcast. You can uh, send me a DM on Twitter, at Yank underscore on. I'm on Instagram. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. Or you can email me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. I love being able to highlight the local clubs and, uh, and learn about the history of these organizations and what it is that they're trying to do within their communities. It's, it's just absolutely awesome. So today's club of the episode, they are the Maisonade Old Collegians, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm probably not. Uh, if it's Maisonade, I apologize, but I'm going to read it as Maisonade. I'm Americanizing it, maybe. Now, this club was founded back in 1978, and they currently field a total of seven men's and women's sides, along with their Panthers blue and white which they describe on their website as the, uh, the Panthers catering for people with uh, all people with an intellectual disability, regardless of ability. Uh, they play in the AFL Vic Football Integration Department Association, uh, Development Association, excuse me. Uh, there's 16 different clubs, and uh, they're very much involved with these people with different disabilities to get out there and enjoy the game. Um, and as it says, the, uh, the All Abilities teams is to enable access for people with disability to the, the game of Australian rules football. The club vision is to create the best all abilities football experience and by doing this, allowing each participant to become the best they can be. I think this is absolutely fantastic. Now, as they also go on to say that success for the team is not necessarily by games won, but by the progress of many players with coordination and body movement. Um, if you are interested, uh, I'm not sure if you can still get involved with this or not, but if you are interested, you can reach Phil Ryan, who's the club president, at 0408 142 250, or you can email him at panthers.president at mazenod or mazenodfc.com.au. Now, this weekend, all of the clubs except for the under 19s are playing at the Central Reserve on the corner of Waverly and Springvale Roads in Glen, Glen Waverly. Uh, the women's seniors are facing off against the Monash Blues and the men's seniors hosting Old Carey. Now, a friend of the podcast, Narelle Davis, a big Hawk supporter, uh, who's also the daughter of uh, Melbourne Premiership player Frank Davis, is the senior coach of the women's reserve side, and they're also playing Monash as well. Um, I want to wish the club the absolute best in 2023. She did report that her reserve side has started out the year with three wins in a row. Let's go ahead and make it four, Norrell. I hope you have a great weekend. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to jump into my tips for the round. Last week, I got three wrong. I went six and three. I missed on St. Kilda. That was a close one. I missed on Adelaide, very close, and I missed on Richmond, although I did get to poke a little fun at Richmond, so that kind of made it all worth it. So, the first game of the round, uh, we've got at Marvel Stadium, and we've got Carlton hosting Brisbane, and this is, you know, this is a tall task. 
you know, asking Brisbane to to win a game away from the Gabba and get themselves another win. Now they've won their last two away from the Gabba, which is fantastic, but this opponent is better than the two that they have defeated the Giants and the Roos. You know, they got a couple key outs, uh, Daniel Rich, Dane Zorko, who were both kind of like a combination wrecking ball spark plug for uh, for Brisbane, uh, are both going to be out. Um, Harry Sharp is back in on the side. I was hoping that uh, Nakaya Cockatoo would get named as an emergency, but that did not happen. Uh, Carlton's welcoming back Jesse Motlop. Um, Matthew Kennedy is a sub. Zach Fisher has been omitted. And... This is one of, I think, the most important um, game milestones this weekend as well. And I hope, I hope that he is, and I think I think he will be. I'm confident it's going to happen. He's going to be celebrated above and beyond the 150-game level that he has reached, and that is Sam Doherty. With everything that he has gone through, I am absolutely uh, enthralled that he's reached game 150, and I want to congratulate him. Now, I think that if, if everybody was at full strength, I would maybe go Brisbane here. But I think the Blues are going to get it done in front of a, a big home crowd this weekend. I'm going with Carlton by nine points uh, to commemorate the nine goals from last week. So Carlton by nine in this one. And then we move on to the MCG for uh, Richmond hosting the West Coast Eagles. And I have to a- a- agree with my mate Chris Pepper from the Lace Out podcast. I don't quite get how Noah Cumberland has been left out of the side this week. He's been a decent replacement, and let's be honest, you know, they got to start, you know, giving these young kids some experience here because he may be slot, you know, and again, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but he may be slotting in next to Tom Lynch next year if Jack Rewald steps away from the game. I mean, he's kicked six goals, five in his first four full games. You know, he had a game where he came on as a sub and did not do a whole lot offensively, but uh, six goals, five in his first four full games of the year, not awful. You know, the, the Eagles are just quite frankly in disarray. And, uh, you know, I, I think that they, and in some ways Richmond, might even be at a point where they wish they could hit the fast forward button on 2023 to get to the, uh, the, the trade season and free agency and that sort of thing so they can start the, the reconstruction of their list with Ernest. Now, I think at the present, I think the Tigers have a much better list, okay? Um, you got Jermaine Jones playing his 50th game for the West Coast Eagles uh Rhett Basil's out injured. Sam Petrescu seat and suspended. Dom Sheed is back in. Uh, again, the aforementioned Noah Cumberland's been omitted. Trent Cotchin being managed. Tyler Young injured. Tyler Sansi being omitted. Dion Prestia, Hugo Ralph Smith, and Jack Graham are back in for the Tigers. I think the Tigers are going to rebound after their devastating loss to Gold Coast. Um, this is a club, you know, I'm I'm never going to say that the Tigers are out of anything. I know that they're one, five, one win, one draw, and five losses right now. But this is a club that still has a huge number of players on their list that have premierships. This club could go on a run if they get healthy. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I do think they're going to win this one. I've got Richmond winning this one by 15 points as they start to claw their way away from wooden spoon contention. And then we move on to GMBHA Stadium. And we've got Geelong hosting Adelaide and, and arguably one of the games of the round. And this is where I got to ask, you know, how good footy? Um, you know, the Cats, they sprinted to a big lead against the Bombers last week at the MCG. And then they kind of coasted to about a four and a half goal win. I mean, they got out to a huge lead and then just kind of let it go with the flow to the end of the game where they went ahead and, and picked up the win. Now they've got another tough opponent this week. 
And let's be honest, if Adelaide can can straighten out their kicking woes, they could push the Cats right out of the eight here, okay? And I think the Crows are kind of a year ahead of where I thought they were going to be, quite frankly. I thought this was a developing side. I did not think they were ready to jump into contention. It is a great thing to see for the game, I think, because South Australia is becoming relevant again uh, on the footy ladder because Port's having a good year as well. So I think that is absolutely awesome. Um, you know, this is a club that went toe-to-toe with uh, this year's ladder leader last week and just lost in the last moment. Um, you know, the Cats have a few injuries. You know, I think the big one being the, you know, the, the facial fracture with Sam DeConing. I'm not sure how that's going to keep, how long that's going to keep him out. Gary Rowan's got a dinged-up hamstring. Jack Bowes got injured, I believe, a calf muscle this week. Uh, so Jonathan Segler is back in because, you know, you have a much more physical ruck in, you know, Riley O'Brien, who, you know, probably could pick up and carry the airplane from Adelaide to Geelong, quite frankly. Uh, Zach Tui also back in after his back spasms. Harry Schoenberg is out as the sub, and that, as of right now, is the only change for the Crows. Um, but I'm going with the Cats to win this one by two goals at home. I think they have enough to get things over the line. I'm really interested to see how the uh, the forward structure works with, uh, you know, Brian Myers and Brad close up there. You know, Myers moving into that spot where Rowan was. Uh, you know, Ollie Henry, Tanner Brunet up there as well. I think this could be a, a very uh, high-scoring game. Although, you know, the, you know, the Cats have a decent defensive structure. But I think it's going to be a two-goal game in favor of the Cats. And then we move to... Heritage Bank Stadium because, well, it's not Metricon anymore, and Gold Coast is hosting the Melbourne Demons. The Suns, congratulations, you got that much-needed road win. You went into uh, to the Tigers' den. Okay, uh, some other team's den the Tigers were renting for the weekend uh, and, and got that win. The reward, well, you get to come back home and face the 2021 premieres with a now-healthy Max gone. Good on you. Uh, you know, the Suns are, you know, they're bringing back the third piece of their triumvirate forward line there with uh, Levi Casbolt back from being managed. Now, I I think this is going to be a terrific matchup. Um, Thomas Berry is uh, debuting uh, for Gold Coast. Jared Witt's playing game 150. Congratulations, sir. Uh, Alex Sexton omitted. Ben Ainsworth injured. Lockie Weller injured. And Nick Holman injured as well. So Casbolt, as I mentioned, is coming back in. Sam Flanders and Tom Berry back in. James Harms and Josh Shackey out for Melbourne. Harrison Petty in. Um, well, I did tip the Suns to play finals this year. I am not tipping this as one of the games that's going to help them in this, this pursuit. I think there were other games earlier in the year they probably should have won that would have helped them get to the finals. I don't think that they're ready to take on the D's. Now, I say that after they knocked off Geelong a, a few weeks ago, you know, Geelong was still scuffling. And, and that's not to take anything away from the Suns, because the Suns did a great job against them. But I just think that the Ds are a well-oiled machine right now. And I I would not be shocked if that club is playing in the grand final this year if they stay healthy. I'm going with the Ds to win this one by 14 points. And then we go to the Manica Oval in Canberra, and you've got GWS hosting the Western Bulldogs. Now, in this game, you've got Connor Iden playing game, game 150 for GWS. Harry Roston has been uh, is the sub. He's out. James Peatling has also been omitted. Callan Ward is in. Uh, Lockie McNeil omitted. Tim O'Brien injured. Toby McLean this is sub, was out as a sub. Ryan Gardner and Tom Libertori back in for the Bulldogs. Now, 
This is, I think, a great matchup. I think this is an underrated matchup, but I think it's going to be a really sneaky, sneaky good game. Okay, the Giants won the first Sydney Derby on the heroics of Tom, uh, Toby Green, not Tom Green, last week uh, with that snap kick. Now, again, if you didn't hear, if you didn't last listen to last week's preview, I tipped the Giants to win that one by four points with Toby Green kicking the game-winning goal in the last minute. So I was off by three points on it. I got the, the last-minute goal, right goal kicker. Is there some sort of an honor system where I could go ahead and place a, a, a retroactive bet on that and make some money on that? Does it work that way? Because if, if so, I think I would maybe make a few bucks on that. Um, now, both of these clubs are, are contending for a spot in the eight, but they're looking up at basically the other 10 or 12 clubs uh, that are contending because of percentage. Because they are both um, finding themselves in a position where they're struggling percentage-wise, Okay. Uh, you know, we look at you know, the the next, you know, the Giants are at 93.1, 96.7 for the Bulldogs. The next lowest one that's ahead of them is 104.5, and that's Sydney. And that's Sydney after having gotten thumped by 93 points a couple of weeks ago. You know, the the next team that, you know, 102% for Port Adelaide, who's in this, the number five spot, but then 113 for Carlton, 114 for Adelaide. So... Both of these clubs are chasing a top eight spot, but they're behind the eight ball when it comes to percentage right now. So they need some big wins. Um, I think this is going to be an incredibly close game. And while I while I think top to bottom, the Bulldogs might be the better club. I think, you know, the, the 22 that they have out there, I think the Bulldogs might be the better club. This is one of those hunch games on my part. I'm going with the quote-unquote home team here uh, with GWS playing in Canberra. And I'm going with GWS to win this one by a single goal. I've got them winning this one by six points. I'm not going to say who's going to be kicking it. This is not a, oh, last minute to, to avoid the, the draw. No. I think they're going to win it by six, though. Again, I won't be shocked if the Bulldogs win it, though. Bulldogs are a very, very good side. Now, we head out to Optus Stadium for Fremantle hosting Hawthorne. Okay, we got Fremantle hosting Hawthorne. And, and let's be honest, Fremantle is absolutely scuffling right now, okay? They've dropped five of their first seven. The Hawks, they've been thumped a couple times badly in games this year. But their two most recent losses, or two of the three most recent losses, were by a combined five points. Combined five points. Uh, as far as Fremantle, Will Brody's been omitted, Sam Sturt omitted, and Matthew Johnson suspended. Josh Tracy and Michael Frederick are both back in. C.J. Jath being managed, Luke Bruce being managed, and Max Ramsden omitted, Connor McDonald and Lloyd Meek both back in for Hawthorne. Now, here's the thing. This is a, a must-win game for Fremantle if they have any hopes of climbing back into contention. They're 2-5 and five right now. Uh, yeah, 2-5. and five. Uh, They need this win. They desperately need this win. Excuse me, they're 1-6. and six. I'm sorry. Well, Hawthorne's 1-6. Fremantle is... Two and five, and they're sitting 14 on the ladder. I'll actually read the numbers properly here now. Maybe make the screen a little bit bigger for myself. But Hawthorne, I like I said, I think that they're kind of in disarray right now. They're they're really scuffling, and I'm actually going with Hawthorne in an upset in this game. I've got Hawthorne winning on the road by eight points here. I'm going with the Hawks on this one. I just think they find a way to get it done this weekend. I. I I worry about the Dockers. Uh, I just, I don't know what's going to be happening with this club. So again, I'm going with Hawthorne to win that one in an upset. And then we head to the Adelaide Oval for what I think might be the game of the round here, okay? You could certainly make the argument for this one being the game of the round. Port Adelaide hosting Essendon. 
This is a huge matchup. Couple key injuries. Uh, Xavier Dersma is out for Port Adelaide with, I believe, shoulder surgery, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, 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 it was his knee. Because Georgiadis also did his uh, ACL this past weekend as well. Uh, Francis Evans is listed on the extended bench. Todd Marshall back in. Tom Jonas back in. Trent Dumont also back in as well on the extended bench. Uh, Sam Durham is suspended for Essendon. Uh, Alwyn Davey Jr., Dyson Heppel, Jai Menzi, and Zach Reed are in for Essendon. Now, you know, this is a uh, this is a game, you know, Essendon, let's be honest, they got punched in the mouth at the outset of the game last week with Geelong. Geelong just came out and just, you know, did whatever they wanted, quite frankly. But I give Essendon a lot of credit because they they stopped the bleeding and they made that game significantly closer. And, and as a Cat supporter, I was getting nervous. I don't know if I was being paranoid because I was on maybe my second pot of coffee at that point in time. But I was getting nervous nonetheless. And, and again, this is a game that I think could go either way. As I think both of these clubs have a great shot at playing finals. Um, this is one, however, where I am going to give the nod to the home side with the home fans there. So I'm going with Port Adelaide to take this one by nine points. I just, I just think Port at home. Um, you know, Ken Hinckley has this club playing very solid footing. Now, it's not to take anything away from uh, Brad Scott. But I just think the home side is going to take this one here. And then we head to the MCG for Collingwood hosting Sydney. Uh, Lockie McCandrew debuting for Sydney. Dylan Stevens has been omitted. Corey Warner, Justin McInerney, and Robbie Fox also in on the side. Harvey Harrison is, is a debut for uh, Collingwood. He is listed on the extended interchange as well. Uh, Mason Cox is listed there as well. So I did see that he's going to play either at the AFL or the VFL level this weekend, coming back from his ruptured spleen. Absolutely great to see him back out there. Uh, Nathan Kruger is out injured. Uh, Philly McRae, Harrison, as I mentioned, Mason Cox, both on the extended, brent, extended bench, uh, as is uh, extended interchange, as is Philly McRae right now, and Scott Pendlebury back in. Uh, must have been a basketball tournament he was going to be participating in. So he's back now. now this, the Pies, they keep finding ways to, to, to pull victories out of the jaws of defeat. Okay, this is, this is a club that is quite scary, but it's impressive also. I, I cannot... Uh, I can't be frustrated by it. I mean, you know, and I have to admit, I did not tip the, the, the Pies to play finals this year because I just thought... Can this club keep having the same luck that they've been having in 2022 again this year? Well, it turns out they can. Turns out they can. So uh, I have to tip my cap to the Magpies uh, because they just keep they just keep playing close games and winning games that some people think, well, they may not get that one. Now, the Swans have lost five games this year. Two of them have been a combined by a combined average of one and a half points. A average of one and a half points. The other, the three other three losses, they've lost by an average of ten goals. Now, which club is Sydney? I'm convinced that this club is actually, if it's going to be a loss, it's going to be the club that's losing by a point and a half, not the ten goal loss. Okay, I think Sydney is a is certainly a much better side than the uh, than the the record they have right now on the ladder being three and four. Okay, I really think that they are a better side than that. So, I am going to go, you know, again, with this, this uh, game here, I think the Swans still have too many injuries, okay? 
I really do. I think Dane Rampey's absence is really, really hurting them. The pies are pretty much healthy. I think it was uh, Nick Jacobs who I thought was uh, saw training away from the side with a bit of a, a calf issue, I think. Um, and the fact that they're getting healthy. You know, Darcy Cameron's coming back here soon. Mason Cox is coming back. This kind of thing, let's be honest, folks, if you're not a pie supporter, this ought to, ought to start scaring the hell out of you because this is a club that I think could keep getting better, much like the Saints, as they get healthier as well as the season progresses. So... I am going to go with the Pies to win this one by two and a half goals. I've got them taking this one by 15. Um, I think the Swans play this one much closer to the uh, the point and a half rather than the 10 goals. And then we come up on the last game of the round, and this is back at Marvel again with North Melbourne hosting St. Kilda. Uh, the Saints have won five of seven to start the year. Uh, the Ruse have uh, done the exact opposite. You know, last week, the Ruse lost by 15 goals to the Ds. 15 goals. I will admit, I didn't watch. I generally watch every game. I watched the highlights from this one. I did not watch the entire game. Um, and that's not, I just, I, I didn't want to see that kind of demolition. And if you've been listening to the previews, you know, I've, I've tipped the Ruse a few times this year, but I'm, I'm certainly not going to be doing that this round, okay? Um Blake Drury is debuting for North Melbourne. Uh, Callum Coleman-Jones out injured. Charlie Coleman, of course, with the, the ankle fracture. Uh, Tom Powell also injured. Uh, Charlie Lazaro, Flynn Perez, Jack Mahoney, Miller Bergman, and Luke Davies-Uniak back in for the Ruse. Cooper Sharman, Jack Bytel, and Tom Campbell all back as well. Uh, they are all listed on the extended interchange as are most of the players that I mentioned for the Ruse, so we'll have to see how that shakes out, which of these players actually end up playing. Um, I do think the Ruse get back to a little bit more respectability here. They they have to start showing some some pride and some backbone and some pushing back. You know, I don't know if it means you know starting to get a little bit tougher or a little bit more physical. And again, I don't mean physical in, in a way of where you're actually intending to try to hurt somebody, but just you know trying to show some toughness because they've been run over quite a bit here lately okay and it's 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 disappointing to see and i know it's but again it's a process it's a process you know the ruse were not going to be playing finals this year but i do think that they have a great opportunity to get themselves out of the cellar this year okay um and in fact they're out right now i mean they're they're on 15th spot on the ladder i mean they've got two wins they're the lowest ranked team with two wins you know they've got a low percentage but they've got two wins and there are three other clubs with only one. So, that being said, I'm not going with the Ruse this week. I'm going with the Saints to win this one by 20 points, okay? Almost, you know, like three and a half goals here, okay? I just think the Saints are a much better side right now. They're going to bounce back after their loss to Port last week. Um, so, they're my tips. We're going to go ahead and uh, jump into my chat with Mick Aussie as well right now. We're going to get Mick's take on things, and I know he's got some big news that he wants to share a little bit later in the episode as well. So let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Mick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back again with uh, my mate Mick Aussie from MickAussie.tv, and we're going to talk about uh, round eight. I went through my tips earlier. We're going to go through Mick's tips as well, but we're also going to talk about a few big things going on in the news before we do that. And, of course, the the big news of the week is uh, we now have a 19th club with a license, the Tasmanian team yet-to-be-determined name. So are you ecstatic about this? 
Yeah, absolutely, mate. And first of all, congratulations. I heard you got another great shout-out from a radio station, Jared Waitley show. So that's oh, awesome, man. Really I, yeah, I, I was absolutely stunned by that. Yeah, uh, Shannon Gill sent me a note last night at about 10 o'clock my time uh, here on the East Coast that, hey, I gave you a shout-out on uh, – on uh gerard waitley's uh radio show and i'm like okay i'm i was stunned by that now i can't you you have to to pay to listen to the radio show live now so but they do put all these segments out as podcast clips later on and i just i went and looked and they like a half an hour later they put that segment up on apple podcast and and he he was talking about um the uh the greatest season it was podcast that he did along with Mason Cox when during 2020, when the season was shut down and talking about how the game came to America when ESPN began back in the 1980s. And, uh, and he mentioned uh, Americans watching the footy, uh, the castle brothers. Uh, and he mentioned, uh, and, and when he, he said, you know, he mentioned my name, he said, you know, and Craig Wessels, you know, does this show called, you know, every week called a yank on the footy and Gerard Waitley said, yep. And oh, my heart, my, my heart skipped a beat when he said that because to me that was saying <laughs> there's name recognition there that, that one of the biggest names in sport in Australia knows who the hell I am, <laughs> which, I, which I was just like, that to me is one of the most awesome things that's ever happened. So I, I cannot thank Shannon enough for that. And Mr. Waitley, I hope you're listening, sir. I would love to have you on as a guest and, you know, if you ever would like to do that. So that that is an open invitation. Uh, or Mr. Robinson, I'd love to talk to either one of you there, but yeah, it was great. Um, but you know, the, the, well, the Tasmanian, go ahead. Well, mate, I, I will say you could be the second most famous, uh, Yank AFL football person. Cause what a great show that was with Mason Cox. On oh, it was. Minutes. I really thought they did an excellent job. The interview guy researched, mm-hmm. and I, I loved the way they went through his college bracket college college career in Oklahoma State because Gabe and I have talked about him for years on Sports Grid and we've followed him. Brilliant show. Wasn't over the top. Love seeing the old highlights of Lee Matthews and some of the players as well. So yeah, amazing. Yeah. Maybe the single most best ever publicity event in USA for AFL and Aussie Rules football. So what would you say would be the best one? Well, I think that might be it. That might be oh. the single, single, oh, the single most. Okay. Yeah, single most. I, I thought you said second most. A... Okay. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I... And, and again, I think it was wonderful. I was, I was waiting till the end because I was hoping that Peggy O'Neill's name was going to come up. I was hoping that Danny Marshall's name was going to come up. They didn't, but you know, I was really hoping. And, and I, and I showed that, that, that segment, I had some downtime at the end of a couple of my class periods uh, last or earlier this week in class. So I showed that with my kids, showed that to my kids and I, at my students. And I told them, I said, you know, that, you know, there's also a you know, woman, the first woman to play in the, in the women's comp uh, who I've had on the podcast, Danny Marshall from Essendon. And then you'll know, Peggy O'Neill, who's from the state of West Virginia, who spent many, many years as, you know, the, the leader of the Richmond Tigers. So, yes. Yeah, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, speaking of Richmond Tigers, speaking of Richmond Tigers, it's been a bit of a uh, um, tough time for Damian Hardwick. And I, uh, I I give him a bit of a difficult time. You know, I I put in a few sound effects when I was tipping the Richmond game last week. And I tipped Richmond to win, and they didn't. But I kind of poked fun about that long trip from Punt Road all the way over to Marble Stadium. Um, but uh, 
we talked about this gentleman earlier in the week, uh, and, and and I think I mispronounced his name. Mick, is it Mick McGon? Yeah, Mickey McGon. Mick, Mickey McGon, who you know um, said that you know the folks that you know that you know talking about whether or not uh, Damien Hardwick uh, should be sticking around, or whether or not uh, if if he should be uh, you know the guy to to stick around for the inevitable rebuild. And and if I'm not mistaken, he was saying that uh, that he thinks that that Hardwick has earned the right to do that. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on them. The guy's got three premierships in the last what six years, six seven seasons. I mean, has he well, has he earned has he earned that opportunity? Well, I'll say this: Damien Barrett, who basically, well, he's employed by the AFL, but he can say whatever he wants within reason. Mm-hmm. He again dissed Hardwick this week on AFL Daily, and I agree with him. He's a whiner, complainer. He's pathetic, and Richmond have got arrogant, as we've said during those premierships, say, I'm glad they lost. And you know what? If Toop Miller was playing, I would have had the balls to pick the Suns, and I nearly did, but I didn't, so I'm upset at that. Well, yeah, I know, and and we both got that game wrong. I just thought, you know, Richmond is playing in. I, I was concerned about what are they going to be able to do without Toop Miller, and, well, we're going to have to find out this week also because they're going up against another pretty solid midfield this week. Uh, yeah, so... You know, you've, uh, you know, you being in Edmonton, it's kind of a sad story. Um, you know, I'm not sure how many, I, I don't follow hockey closely, but this is a name that I certainly recognized. Um, yesterday, uh, you know, yesterday morning, it was reported that uh, uh, Peter Klima, who won a uh, Stanley Cup championship in 1990 uh, with the Edmonton Oilers, passed away at the age of 58. He was the first Czechoslovakian player to defect back in 1985 and he wore number 85 on his uh uh sweater as as a commemoration to that and i don't know i don't think you were in, in edmonton at that point in time but i'm sure that that's you know that name has been bounced about because you know he's a stanley cup winner and you know it's just you know somebody who's part of the lore of edmonton if you will well that was uh that was just at the end of i believe or around the year where they won a lot of stanley cups and Wow, the Oilers really are massive here. They've got massive crowds going to watch parties and people mm-hmm. just go absolutely crazy. I like it. I don't love it. I'm a fickle fan. I enjoy watching the playoffs. I don't watch much during the year, but they got beaten last night by Las Vegas. So some people think they're a chance to go all the way and they still might be. Well, didn't didn't Gabe Morenci tip them to win the whole thing? Yeah, he did. We yeah, really have so. got great. We, yeah, we got great scoring power with McDavid's best player in the world. Drysidle's a beast. Uh, Evander Kane's another great player. We just got to up our goaltending a little bit, and we could go all the way. Yeah, well, yeah, you could. Yeah, that's. Uh, they won't let you play with two goalies, will they? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll go ahead and we'll forego a defenseman. We're just going to play with two goalies. We'll take our chances with two goalies. Yeah. <laughs> so now you mentioned that you, you know, when we talked earlier in the week, you said that you had some big news that you wanted to share about uh, branching out a little bit more with your, uh, your media work as well. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, this is good. I mean, there's uh, a South Australian businessman here, a mate of mine. He plays cricket and his name's Philip Hicks and he, there's 1,100 cricketers, about seven divisions here in Edmonton. About 90% of the players are from India. Um, 
So it's a massive sport in India and worldwide. So we're doing Edmonton Cricket TV. We're doing a weekly show and I'm hosting and producing it and uh, looking forward to it. The first show will go up Wednesday. So there'll be some interviews and um, on location videos and so forth. So yeah, looking forward to it and pretty much I can do it all other than the fancy intro. But other than that, I can pretty much do everything. So it's right up my alley. Fantastic. So so um, you said there are about 1,100 people playing cricket in the Edmonton area. That is, uh, do you ha- does Edmonton, I think Edmonton does have a USAFL or a, 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 a Canadian version of the AFC AFL club, or do they not? The Canadian? Canadian version yeah. of the what, sorry? The, Canadian the, 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 they're playing you know, Australian football in Edmonton, are they not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Small. They uh, okay. play a lot of nine or ten aside games, but then they play against Calgary and Vancouver once or twice a year so it's getting bigger but okay. COVID knocked us back a little bit but the numbers are picking up again are are any of those and is that something you're going to explore any of those players who are involved in cricket you know also possibly playing that as well because let's be honest you're not playing either one of those in the off season in Edmonton because there <laughs> there are not enough there are not enough you, you might you're going to need to take instead of a cricket bat you're going to need a snow shovel to go out there yeah, well, funny thing is, Hixie, there's only about, I think there's only two or three Caucasian players in amongst the whole cricket. So it's like I said, it's 90% East Indian, a few from Pakistan and so forth. But hey, it's going to be a lot of fun because cricket was one of my favorite sports growing up watching and I played tennis a lot, but played a lot of casual cricket. So I know all the rules and follow okay. it pretty in depth. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's... uh. I haven't gotten into it yet. I mean, I've watched a few clips on YouTube and that sort of thing, but I've not, I, I sort of have a basic knowledge of it, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it's not something that I've delved too deeply into. Uh, and I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if that, what that does as far as my boycott of, uh, of major league baseball, if I start watching kind of, you know, that, that other game that it's kind of derived on Oh, you went moved to cricket now. Well, you're an ass for doing that. But, uh, well, yeah, I just... I'll say I'll say this: cricket is a lot more complicated than baseball, and I'll argue that with anyone. I even got into it with Gabe one night. The weather affects everything. The different pitches, like you get a bit of humidity, the ball swings. It's really, it's so much involved, and you don't have gloves. You don't have a big mitt to catch right, that right. ball going a hundred mile an hour. So that's true. Second biggest sport in the world behind soccer. They, yeah, that's true. That's true. So are you ready to get in and tip some games for this week? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, well, the Crows let me down, but other than that, I did okay. But there was some upsets last week. There well, sure was. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. I hope they let you down again this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which we'll get we'll get to that one in just a moment here, though. But we're starting out at Marvel Stadium, and we've got Carlton hosting Brisbane, um, you know, Sam Doherty's 150th game, which is, you know, I think is, you know, it's a long time coming. And I, I hope that that just absolutely gets celebrated madly because that's somebody who has overcome a lot to be able to reach game 150. Yeah, absolutely. I believe he had a hip injury in his first year. Then he had two knee injuries, probably both reconstructions, I believe. Then, of course, he had cancer. Right, he's right. He's a fabulous player. He really is. I often see him in the best players. So, well done to him. It really is good. And, of course, Big Kerno kicked nine goals last week. 
Oh, Blues the favourite by two and a half. It's that Marvel. Ashcroft, best for the Lions last week, the young fella. But you probably mentioned this, but Rich and Zorko out, big yep. losses. Yep. But I'm, I just don't, tr- I don't trust the Blues. I just don't know what I'm going to get with them. Ooh. I'm going to tip the Lions, but probably okay. the toughest, toughest game of the week, I believe, to pick. Just because I don't trust the Blues, but they might win. Wow, yeah, I, I did go with the Blues mainly because of the 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 home crowd. Uh, and I, I was hoping that, you know, that, the, yeah, well, not, I'm not hoping, I don't really necessarily care who wins, who loses this one, but I just thought, you know, that, that, you know, with it being Doherty's 150th and really wanting to celebrate that, I thought they were going to make sure they got him a win on that day. I wonder, you know, cause I was wondering about the impact of, of Daniel Rich and Dane Zorko being out because those two are kind of a, uh, I, I described them as like a combination wrecking ball and spark plug. <laughs> because the way they the two of them play the game is you know and i yeah. you know, I, I wonder how they're going to replace them you know well they certainly they certainly didn't replace them with nikaya cockatoo i noticed that so right. but yeah I, I went with the blues to win this one by nine but i think it, this could go either way you know but again it's mainly because i went did that because mainly it is in uh melbourne rather than up at the gaba if it was at the gaba i probably would have gone with with uh brisbane on that one so we then head to the MCG for Richmond hosting the West Coast Eagles. And, uh, you know, you've got a couple big outs, Trent Cotchin being managed, uh, Noah Cumberland uh, out, uh, Rhett Bazo is out, hurt, Sam Petreski-Seaton uh, is suspended, Dom Sheed's back in, Deion Preske back in, Ralph Smith, Jack Graham back in. You talk about two clubs that need a win. Wow. Absolutely oh, wow. Wild. Aren't those Tigers fans just going to be so happy? They get to go to the MCG again, <laughs> and they might even be happy with a big win. But look, oh, they're sitting third to bottom on one win and one draw. Isn't that sad? Not. Eagles were disgraceful against the Blues. Wow, they're in big trouble, aren't they? Shannon Hearn got best player. He's a beauty, isn't he? Tigers favoured by 42 and a half. Yeah, sure, they win. I think the Eagles might get close. So let's say the Eagles to cover that 42 and a half. But Tigers, yep, they'll get the second win of the year. But they really are missing Lynch up forward. Yeah, they are. They are. And, you know, that's Noah Cumberland had been halfway decent. I mean, his four his four full games, he did kick six goals, five. So I mean, it's not like he wasn't contributing. So I couldn't figure out how he ended up getting dropped. Uh, yeah. You know, because because he may be the heir apparent if if Jack Rewalt leaves after this year, so it might be him and Lynch lined up there next to each other. <laughs> Possibly, I, I don't know. It just, I just, I I went with Richmond to win this one by fifteen. Um, I just, I think they're too good of a side. And 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 here's the scary thing: if Richmond gets healthy, we both know that's a team that could turn around and rattle off six or eight or ten wins in a row. We both we know that they have got so many players that have premiership medals hanging, you know, in their closet at home or wherever they happen to have them. Um, unlike the uh, Easton Wood, wherever he had his, it was the wrong spot because his got stolen a number of years ago. Um, <laughs> you know, we don't, uh, you know, I, I and I don't hope that happens to anybody. But yeah, this, this is a club that has an awful lot of veteran talent that knows how to play the game, and it, if they get healthy, they can certainly rattle off a number of wins. I don't know if it's enough to climb back into contention, but they could certainly, you know get their way away from the uh wooden spoon so yeah well they've, they've gone for a couple of recruits but i kind of thinking it's a bit like the west coast eagles they might have hung on a bit too long to try and go for a bit of a rebuild yeah. it might cost them you know 
Yeah, I think so. So there's this game going on in Geelong this weekend that uh, both of us kind of have a bit of a vested interest in. Uh, you got the Cats hosting the Adelaide Crows. So your club and my club, the club that you've been a supporter of your entire life and the club I've been a supporter of my entire footy life since really 2016, 2017. So, uh, not a whole lot of changes. You know, Sam DeConey is going to be out for a little while. He had a broken bone in his face. Um, Jack Bowes tweaked a calf. Gary Rowan, a hamstring. Uh, you know, the, the Cats brought in uh, Segler to play the ruck this week to go up against Riley, o, uh, Riley O'Brien. Um, Zach Tui's back. But, you know, this is going to be a heck of a game. What are you thinking on this one? Oh, mate, just give me a couple of minutes because I might go on my biggest rant ever on your show. I was so disgusted with the Crows. Well, they kicked two goals, seven in the first quarter. They should have been up by six goal. Second quarter wasn't much better. They should have been up by seven or eight at half time. Josh Rochelle, yeah, he does his little celebration. See, karma comes back to bite you in the ass. He kicked no goals and four points. Even Rankin missed an absolute sitter. I'm so disgusted that these professional athletes can't kick goals. Bad kicking, Costa grows. I walked out when Collingwood got up and won by that one point, and they probably could have won by more because there was a couple of bad decisions missed by the umpires in that last couple of minutes. Disgusted with the Crows. Everyone knows that Collingwood come back at them, and they lost all the centre clearance at 0-11 or something in the last quarter. Riley O'Brien, wish he could jump. Yeah, he played all right, but he's got to tap it to someone. Dawson was great. Laird was great. Pedler was good, but I was disgusted in the Crows. There you go. Now I feel better. Okay, that was a minute and seventeen seconds. You still got forty three seconds to piss and moan. Uh, do you want to? You want to oh, hold on to those? Right. You, you want to hold on to those till later? Uh, <laughs> no, it's you know. I just I. I you you back in the nineteen seventies, the Cleveland Browns were they they called the Cleveland Browns the cardiac kids. Because they were, you know, they were, you know, they would come back and they would win games late in the game and that type of thing. Um, you know, uh, Brian Sipe was the quarterback. Uh, he played, he was the head coach at San Diego State for a number of years as well. But uh, they would come back and win games at the last moment. And it's, it reminds me, you know, it reminds me a lot of what Collingwood has done. But you're absolutely right. If, if Adelaide kicks straight this week, they absolutely can win this game. But I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I really do. I think, yeah. I, think, I think both clubs could end up well over 100 points in this game. Yeah, that, um, obviously the home field is huge for the Cats. They just they hardly ever lose there. It's quite amazing. I know the field's narrower, but really, is it that big an advantage? It absolutely has been. They're favored by 29 and a half. I think the Crows can get within that. But no, I've got, oh, to, I pick do too. Cats. I've got to pick your Cats at home and... Uh, they haven't they recovered well from a zero and three start? Yeah, They're back yeah. on track. But yep. I hope the Crows are very competitive and kick straight, get that ball first. Because, you know, I uh, mis underestimated some of their younger players. Some of their younger kids are real goers and real battlers. And, you know, they've got a bit more skill now with Dawson and Pedler and a couple of players. So, yeah, I'm yeah. happy the way the Crows are tracking. Yeah, I, Just I, practice goals. They should be kicking goals. 50 hours a week this week. Leave it and leave, just leave the mouthpiece in. <laughs> yeah, just leave the, don't, don't put it somewhere. Don't put it in your armpit. Don't put it in your sock. Don't put it in your shorts. Don't put it in your friend's shorts, your friend's sock. 
just keep it in your mouth. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But I, yeah, I went with the cats by two goals in this one. So I, I think it's going to be close, but I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I, I think both clubs are going to get over hundred points in this one. So, and again, if I was a betting person, I, and I actually asked in the earlier stuff that I recorded, whether or not, is there anything called a retroactive bet? Since I, I had tipped last week, I had tipped, uh, you know, the Giants to beat the Suns by four with Toby Green kicking the game-winning goal inside the final minute. And he kicked the goal inside the final minute, but they only won by one. I said, can I go ahead and like say that I, here's, I recorded that. Can, can somebody give me some money for having gotten that close? Um, nah. yeah. Okay. It doesn't work that way, does it? Casinos are rich, mate. Casinos are rich. I know. I know. So we head up to the Gold Coast for the Suns hosting the D's. Uh, Jared Witt's playing game 150. You know, that that man has, you know, gassed himself out the last couple of games. He was running on fumes. Got Levi Caswalt back in. Um, Sam Flanders, Tom Barry back in. Harrison Petty's back in for Melbourne. What are you thinking on this one? Wow, nice game, isn't it? You know, when you see Petrarca and Oliver as the best two players last week, you know they're starting to get back to what they were. Wow, I... Uh... I started watching some of the game last night, the Suns game and against the Tigers. That Ben King, he really is quite a beast, isn't he? So it's good to see him back and Rao back playing well. Well, the Demons are favoured by 18. I think the Suns are a chance. I will pick the Demons, but up there at the Gold Coast, I think it could be a close one with Demons just getting over yeah, I went with the D's by 14 on this one. I, I I do think the D's are too good of a side. You know, the the Suns getting rewarded by getting to come home and uh, come home and face a uh, D side with a healthy Max Gone. Um, you know, so I just yeah, I think that Gone and uh, Brody Grundy are going to just you know they're going to get Jared Witts running a lot. Um, and I have to look because Jared Witts is my ruck. I need to see whether or not I made him as my captain this week on my fantasy team because I'm I'm still looking for my first win on my fantasy team this year. You know, I'm zero and seven, and the only the only Ouch. thing is, yeah, I, it, well, yeah, well, because the, the the column on the on the the fantasy thing that allowed me to pick players never showed up, so it was it was auto drafting as I'm trying to move players in a position, and then I was losing player. It's just it's been frustrating. The only thing that's keeping me out of the wooden spoon is that there's another person in the, in the group that had his team auto drafted and ha- and has never changed his lineup. He still has Nick Nat knew he's been his ruck all year. He has two openings on his, uh, on his uh, game day team that he's never filled. You know, so he's not even playing a full roster. He's the only person that's keeping me from having the wooden spoon in my league this year. And, <laughs> and, it, and I'm, and I'm so frustrated by that. It's, it's, you know, all of us, you know, here in the, in you know, the U S you know, that, the guys from Americans uh, watching the footy and Donnie Hess and Gil Griffin and Rick Shibani and all of us were all, there's 12 of us in this league together. And it's just been, and uh, you know, Steve's and Don uh, just, it's been a lot of fun. And I, and I, it's a lot of self-deprecating humor myself in the, uh, in the Twitter conversation, because I just, I, I just keep hoping to win one game and spoil somebody's season, you know, to keep them from making finals. <laughs> And and eventually I have to play this guy that doesn't have any players on his list. I'm going to win at least one game unless he realizes, oh, shit, I've got a fantasy team. And he fixes his entire roster that day or for that round. And I end up losing to him, too, because he's got Clayton Oliver, who's, you know, who's not scoring for anybody else. He's scoring in this team that doesn't matter. It's just like it's out in the ether world or something like that. So, 
Okay, there's my rant. Uh, so we're heading up to we're, we're we're heading to Canberra, and I and I when I did the Giants preview this year, I kept pronouncing this. It's, it's the Monica Oval, if I'm not mistaken, because I tried to make it. I tried to say ooh, like the Manuka Oval and it, Monica, because I guess Queen Queen Elizabeth pronounced it one way, a you know, many many years ago, and everybody just kind of said, well, that's how the Queen says it. That's how we're going to say it now. Well, I'm sorry. As a, as an American who yeah, we got over that whole queen thing a number of years ago. So we're heading to Manuka Oval in Canberra. Sorry, Wesley, uh, for GWS hosting the Western Bulldogs. And I think this is a sneaky good game this weekend. I mean, yes, there's some top notch games, you know, with SNN and Port and Geelong and Adelaide, um, you know, Collingwood and Sydney, which we're going to talk about. But I think this is a sneaky good game right here. Well, first of all. I think you're pronouncing it Monica because you're an American and you're thinking of Monica Lewinsky and Billy Clinton. I dressed up well, as that Billy could... Clinton with Monica well, once. In okay, Adelaide. you know what? <laughs> if, if 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 that's the case, then all I'm going to say is the name of this the name of this oval it blows. Okay, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Monica, she she. She was actually here in Edmonton a few months ago speaking, so good on her for getting her life back together. But, yeah, I kind of laugh every time I meet some girl named Monica up here, a lady yeah. named Monica. Well, I can't, can't help but laugh. I mean, and I'm sure she had, you know, people that were, you know, taking care of, you know, you know she's meeting with people and they're the handlers are there and such. I, I hope there was not, if somebody wanted to be really snarky, they could, they could have a list there, you know, well, you know, here's the local, you know, the little bodega shop or the Seven Eleven or the Tim Hortons or whatever. And, you know, here's the local dry cleaners. Uh, <laughs> oh, Billy Clinton, wasn't he because, a guy, eh? You know, because we talk, we, we talk about this. Yeah. You know, we talk about impeachment in my, in my uh, in my government classes, and I and I and I tell my students we talk about impeachment. And I said, you know, because we talk about, I said, well, why did Bill Clinton get impeached? And they said, well, because he was having an affair. I said, guys, if we impeach presidents because politicians because they had affairs, we would not have very many presidents. Okay, we, we wouldn't have many because you know he got impeached for lying under oath, and, and, I, and because and I told him, I said, you know, that if you if you if you know anybody who's an attorney. They hate surprise parties because attorneys never ask questions that they don't already know the answer to. You know, so when so when he's being deposed for a sexual harassment lawsuit with Paula Jones, they're asking him about Monica Lewinsky, and I, and I and I'm explaining this to the kids. And I said I said I I I I don't want to get too detailed about what was happening here, but I said but they're asking whether he had a relationship with Monica Lewinsky, and he said no, he no that he did not, but they knew that that was not the truth because. And as I tell him, I said, let's just say she was not as diligent at getting her dry cleaning done as he would have hoped. <laughs> OK. And I said, and today, today's episode of Sesame Street brought to you by the letters D, N and A. OK. <laughs> and, the, and the kids are like, oh, <laughs> and you can just see the cringe. And, I, and again, I'm not being graphic about it. I'm just this is what happened. You know, this is what went on. I said he got he he got. He got impeached because he committed perjury. He lied, you know, something that would put us in prison for five years for lying under oath when, you know, during a deposition. So, so back to the Giants and the Bulldogs, because there's a game here. Um, and, you know, there was a big, big sound at the uh, SCG last week, which, by the way, I, I, I love their theme song, quite frankly. I really do. I like the Giants theme song. It, I think it just kicks butt. 
I mean, I love the Cats theme song because it's my alarm on my phone. It's what wakes me up every morning. But I think the Giants one could do a great job with that as well. Well, they did certainly have a great win over the Swans and Toby Green. Wow, he was fantastic. Dogs are favoured by nine and a half. Aaron Norton's on fire with four goals and English in ruck. He's playing well. Tom Liberatore's a welcome back. Absolutely. He's a great little player. Had a nice win over the Hawks by 29. You know, this could go either way. I'll tip the dogs just, I think, at Monica Lewinsky Oval in Canberra. <laughs> Canberra, where all the politicians are. So there's a nice uh, coincidence. There's, the, there's the irony of that, yes. And <laughs> and by the way, and by the way, you know, if we're thinking about, you know, you know, uh, politicians in debauchery, I, I think we have to, we would have to mention the uh, the the character from that TV series, Rake. Yeah. You know, which <laughs> which absolutely. You know, I love that series. I, 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 it's not on. It used to be on Acorn TV here, but I don't think it's on there anymore. Cause that's one I would love to sit down and watch again because that <laughs> oh, I yeah. love that series. That was just yeah. that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, but, he's quite the guy. Yeah. But, but the funny thing is, I let you go on this rant about Monica Oval, but I actually think it is pronounced Manuka. But who cares? <laughs> I'm happy to hear you say Monica. I don't know, but see, Wesley, Wesley Jap, Wesley Jasper, who did my Giants preview with me, corrected me, and I don't remember what he corrected me to. So that's why I've said it both ways, and and I and I threw in a little bit of a reference to the uh, to the American Revolution there. That well, I'll say it any damn way I want to say it. Uh, but and speaking of that, I'm going with the Giants in this game by six. Yeah, no, the home side here. Right. I just, I think you, you know that be. that that this is a, this is a club that is. I yeah, I think it's they're ahead of where they they. I thought they were going to be. You know, they played some good football this year. They've beaten some decent sides this year. They're going to have a better crowd there than they're going to unfortunately be getting in Sydney. You know, uh, so I'm going. I'm going with the Giants to win this one. I guess it's a home upset. Uh, since the the Bulldogs are favored, but now I think I think top to bottom, I think the Bulldogs have a better list right now still. But I just I'm I'm going just gut feeling I'm going with the uh, the Giants in this one. Yeah, you might be right. Yep. So we head out to Fremantle to Optus Stadium for I don't know is this the least inspiring game of the round? <laughs> Maybe Fremantle and Hawthorne. You know it's uh, terrible. You know, CJ Jass being managed, Luke Bruce is being managed, uh, Sam Sturts omitted, Will Brody omitted, Michael Frederick's back, Josh, Josh Tracy's back in. Uh, what are you thinking on this one? I'm still wondering if Frederick injured himself when he did that flip the other week. That was brilliant, though. Oh, Dockers have been so disappointing. Like, I think they're nearly gone. I, I can't see how they're going to come good. They might, but... Amira got best player and Sarong's good. Jackson, there you go. Jackson play well. Darcy. So they still have some very good players. Right, right. Doc, they're favoured by 19 and a half. Yeah, who knows? They'll probably win by about that. But yeah, not much of a game at all, really, is it? Yeah, I don't think so. Except I'm going with Hawthorne in an upset on this one. Oh, I good. Yeah. I just, you know, Hawthorne, two of their last three losses have been, I think, by, by like a combined like uh, five points. So I, I, I just went with a hunch on this one because, you know, and again, this is a prove it game to me because Fremantle, I think has been the most far and away, the most disappointing club in the comp this year. Yes. Sydney's scuffling right now, but Sydney has a ton of injuries, you know, Fremantle, you know, they've had a few and again, again, you know, Nat Fife's has been named as an emergency this week. So maybe he gets in this week. I don't know, but, uh, um, 
this is a club that a lot of people picked to play finals this year. I did not. Um, of course, I tipped uh, I tipped Richmond and, and Gold Coast to play finals, and we see how that's working out. Um, but I, I ju- they're probably going to win this one, but I'm going with the Hawks until they prove to me that they can actually get themselves a decent win. So that's where I went. All right. Well, yeah. I think we should move on because I could care less about that game. <laughs> <laughs> So, do you, so well, before we move on, though, do you think any of the players from the Hawks are friends with Rory Lobb but are going to get abused? I'm kidding. Let's just move on. Uh, we're heading to the Adelaide Oval for uh, Port Adelaide and Essendon. And, again, another terrific matchup. Uh, Dersma is out for a while. Yeah, they lost Georgiades to a knee injury for the rest of the year. Um, Todd Marshall is back uh, after a concussion. Uh, what are you thinking on this one? Wow, I, I got one wrong last week. One of the ones I got wrong was Port Adelaide. They sure beat the Saints and watched a bit of that last night. My roughie for the Brownlow medal still alive. Horn Francis, best player. Good on him. Boat Butters, Pal Pepper. He's a beauty, isn't he? Yes, he, he is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for the power because it's in Adelaide. They're favoured by 12 and a half. But you know what? The Bombers might get close. Stringer with four goals. Wiedemann with five. Parrish, good players. Shield, like, they're looking good, aren't they, the Bombers? But yeah, they are. They take, are. Got to take the power at home. But it could be close. Yeah, I went with I went with Port by a goal and a half on this one as well. Uh, I just, I, I think the home ground, the home oval advantage there, the home crowd, uh, in excess singing. Um, you know, I think that it just, you know, and, and I have to, I have to commend Essendon because, you know, the cats just came out and absolutely punched them in the mouth last week at the beginning of that game. And they could have easily just rolled over and and lost that game by 10 or 12 goals. And they, and they battled back. I mean, it was, it became a nerve wracking game as a cat supporter because yes, I think it ended up being 28 point difference, but, it got way closer than I wanted it to be. Well, got... I watched, I had to watch the Oilers because we had people over, but then as soon as that was finished, I went straight on to watch that game against the Cats. And that third quarter was very good football, very impressed, really enjoyed yeah. the third quarter of Bombers yeah. and Cats. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I think Essendon, you know, and again, they still have a lot of injuries as well. I mean, you know, they're, I mean, the, the guy who everybody's expecting to be their leading goal kicker um, is you know, two, two meter Peter. Not going to be back yet for like another eight or 10 weeks still. Um, so, but I, I did go with Port to win this one by about a goal and a half too. So, and then we go on to Collingwood and Sydney. And uh, Pendlebury's back. Uh, Mason Cox is listed on the extended interchange right now. I did see that uh, it was reported on uh, 360 or AFL tonight that he's I he will play either at the AFL or VFL level this weekend. Uh, so, what are you thinking on the Swans heading to play against the Magpies? Well, can I continue my Crows rant now? No, go I for think, it. Go uh... for it. No, no, no. Magpies, uh, Magpies should win this and probably win well. Pendlebury's big in. <laughs> Best player, Darcy Moore. What about at halftime? Anyway, everyone's raving how he did a, such a great speech after the Anzac Day. Then when they interviewed him at halftime, he dropped an F-bomb. That was some kind of laughing. Like, some people some people go overboard on the F-word. I mean, you can't say it on TV. I know that, but I got a real laugh. 
how the delay did not pick him up saying the F yeah. word. But anyway, terrific player and your boy Maya checked three goals. So, yeah, they're looking good, the Magpies. Got to tip them to win. the favoured by 15 and I think they will win by probably more than that. No, and I did not look at the num- the, the, the numbers they were fa- – I tipped them to win by 15 here. I did not look at the numbers. Oh, wow, cause awesome. I, so, I don't know where to look for those numbers. Yeah, and now I finally know what the dollar amounts mean. Um, I, but I haven't figured, you know, because, you know, Sydney and, and I made the argument you know, that two of their losses have been by a, by a point and a half. And, uh, the other two, the other two games they've lost have been by, you know, like 11 goals, 10 or 11 goals. So I, mean, I think this is a team that is much closer to that team. That's losing games by a point and a half than the 10 or 11 goals. Sydney is too good of a side for that, but they're beat up right now. They're beat up right now, but I think the magpies are going to be able to take advantage of that. Okay. So I'm. I think the Magpies take this one um, by a couple of goals there. So, and then we get to the last game of the round, and that is North Melbourne hosting St Kilda. Uh, Charlie Common uh, broke his ankle last week, kind of ugly. Uh, Luke Davies Uniac is back in. We'll see. You know, he's been kind of iffy um, for North Melbourne. Uh, Jack Bytel, Tom Campbell, Cooper Sharman, all on the extended interchange for St Kilda. I think I know who you're going for with this one. Oh, oh, the ruse, eh? Yeah, they play good, play good for the first couple of weeks, and the the genius Clarkson, he's got his work cut out. Sure, Davies Uniac's a great young player. He's back in. They're favoured by thirty-seven and a half. The Saints, yeah, I think they'll probably win that quite well. But you never know; the ruse might keep it close, and oh, Ross Lyon, the master, he might go defensive. But yeah, they're playing an attacking brand of football. The Saints. They should recover from the loss against Port Adelaide Power. Saints to win and fairly easy. But the Roos might cover. There you go. I'll give them a chance. Well, do you, you know, and, and again, you know much more about strategy than I do, but do you, do you, do you find, you know, because he's been able to figure out how to to run and score, you know, much more, you know, readily than than previous, you know, per, previous uh clubs that he had like with with Fremantle where it always seemed like he was struggling to get you know put goals on the board you know do you think they're able to get into a, you know a, a significant lead and then turn into that defensive club or do they just well I guess you're probably looking for percentage they're just going to keep their foot on on North Melbourne's throat and try to win it by you know 60 or 70 or 137 points or whatever whatever North Melbourne happens to lose by this week and again I, I'm not wishing that but I've got St. Kilda winning this one by 20 I just think the Ruse are still many many players away from you know competing for a final spot yeah, I know I tipped them a couple of times earlier this year after those two wins <laughs> and they, they just you know, bit me right on the ass. So, yeah. Well, so, I think they should have been sent to Tasmania and keep the 18 teams. But, hey, what do I know? I'm just over here listening to radio and loving the footy as much as I can. But it's all about money, right? And the well, government gave Tasmania all that money. So yeah. good luck to them. I, and, I really hope it works out. But you haven't asked me uh, what I think your name should be. Well, yeah. What what are you thinking for the uh, the name of the club? Well, the obvious one is the Devils, Tasmania Devils, and I hope it is. But the Warner Brothers have the right to that name, and they're a massive company. But I did hear McLaughlin thinks that you know they might be able to pay Warner Brothers a little bit of money, and because the animal is native to Australia, I'm not sure that Warner Brothers could hold that name. Be disappointing if they could. But I got one for you. This is a bit of a joke, so people don't get upset. The Tasmanian two heads. You know why I say that, mate? 
Well, I've I've seen like a a logo that had like two like two heads of some animal on it. <laughs> well, oh no, what well, we used to. Hey, I got some good friends down in Tasmania. Johnny Klug and a few of the boys, Cox boys, played at uh, Woodville. One of them played shield cricket. So yeah, I know some people from Tasmania, and I really aim to get there. But apparently, in the outback of Tassie, where it's very hilly and very uh, not much population. The old joke goes back that there's a bit of inbreeding. So we used to raise them up oh. years ago as having two heads. So oh. that's a bit of a joke. The Tasmanian two heads, but hey, that's just a joke, right? Okay. So people don't don't get offended, but you know what I mean. Well, I, maybe I get maybe yeah, maybe I can help <laughs> to deflect from that because I I I have I have joked since you know since I first became aware of them pushing for the twentieth side there that you know I. I have, you know, I have advocated for the uh, kind of incorporating a little pop culture into this. And I thought they should have been the Hobart Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you, I mean, you could have, you could have, you know, a bright yellow jumper, you know, and if you, if you know what Bart Simpson's hair looks like on the TV show, it looks an awful lot like the, the, uh, the, the Sydney Opera House on the Swans jumper. So you could have something that almost emulates, you know, that could look like, you know, Bart Simpson's hair on the top of the jumper right there, you know, right there at the low, you know, at the logo and the sponsor logo, that sort of thing. I'm, and again, I'm kidding about that too. It's not going to happen, but I think that would be, yeah. I, I've mentioned that in a couple of places, but, uh, and nobody's said, Hey, you're just, you're just stupid. At least not to me anyway, well, but they've well, said the to thing, everybody else. They know. The thing is like a lot of people say how it's cold in Tasmania and windy and sure it is. It is the coldest place in Australia. But I'm thinking, hey, I've lived in Canada for 25 years. I'm planning to go back to live in Australia for four months of the year soon. So I would, I would probably not find Tasmania cold at all. So maybe the girlfriend and I could base ourselves there for a while. But I'd definitely love to spend a month there cruising around the mountains and the, the beaches and Hobart. It'd be a fantastic place to drive around. That, so that yeah, would be really awesome. looking forward to the team getting up and running and because apparently a lot of the kids now have gone to ba basketball because yeah. of the uh, jack jump jackets, jack jumpers. Or whatever they're called, the jack, jack jumpers. jumpers yeah. yeah, so yeah. the AFL should have done something years ago. Well, do you? And I don't know what you know. I don't think that's a name that they would share with the uh, the the footy club. And I don't know what their jump their uniforms look like. But uh, I don't know if it incorporates like the green and gold that they're rumored to be going with. But uh, you know, we shall see. But hey, yeah, well. Green and green and gold was their colours. I'm pretty sure when they played state football, state of against South Australia and Western Australia and Victoria, they used to have the four teams back in my dad's day. Tasmania mostly came last, but hey, they weren't that far off. So, but it has dropped back. So, I'll tell you what, I like kids the, playing football there. I like the Jack Jumpers logo. It looks like a big insect, like a grasshopper. Right. Yeah. Cool. So, Mick. Where can people find your work, sir? All right. Well, mickozzy.tv. That's M-Y-K-Ozzy.tv. And tomorrow night, 8, 10 Eastern on Sports Grid. We weren't on last week because of the NFL draft. They had some of their hosts down at the draft. But pretty much nearly every week I'm on there talking AFL picks with Gabe Renzi. So just go to YouTube, type in Sports Grid. Or Sirius XM channel one five nine, so that'd be eight ten Eastern Friday night. So, were you happy with the uh, the Broncos draft pick? Did they have more than one? Because I <laughs> I know they gave most of them to Seattle to get Russell Wilson. 
Oh, man, that was the most boring draft ever if you're a Broncos fan. Sure, I like watching it. I like watching all the all the kids dressed up in their fancy suits and their yeah. jewelry. I have a bit of a laugh. But the kid from Boston got drafted. He was quite entertaining with his glasses and so forth. But no, I like watching, but pretty boring if you're a Broncos fan. Yeah, I did. I, I, I think it was Kansas City, but there were, there was one of the fans that was in the crowd that the camera panned around to them. And it, and she was wearing it was a woman wearing a T-shirt that said and I'm pretty sure it was Kansas City but you know it said Kansas effing city on the T-shirt because <laughs> um, yeah, the draft was held in Kansas City so I yeah I I didn't watch as much of it as I typically do because again as a Browns fan this year they didn't draft until the third round um, so yeah but I, I was pretty pleased with who they picked up so I'm I'm looking forward to the season starting but again it's footy time right now it's not time to worry too much about the NFL. Um, but Mick, I want to thank you for coming on again, man. This is, uh, I think we had more laughs tonight than we have had in a long time. Um, uh, at the expense of somebody who, uh, I believe said he, he said something to this effect and let me see if I can get it right. Okay. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Lewinsky. And a few months later, a few months later, Back in the same room, I'm sure the same microphone, same wife now staring daggers through him. You could see the lasers coming out the other side of his body. I did, in fact, have sexual relations with Miss Lewinsky. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, got caught. Okay. Uh, it, as I think uh, DJ Khaled would have said, you played yourself. Um, <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave on this note. A lot of these young footballers are surely getting uh, popular with the ladies, so they got to be careful what they do, especially with all the cameras out there. And the oh, young so... fella, Josh Rochelle, a eh? smooth-looking guy, I drop him. Zero goals, four points. I drop him for celebrating too much. Wow. Don't give the opposition wow. anything. Maybe wow. a tough call, but I would drop him. I absolutely now, would, just now, for one week. Okay, before before last thing before we wrap up. And I want to get your reaction to this. Are you glad that you went through your rooster phase before people had cell phone cameras? <laughs> well, you know what? We need a we need an R-rated version for some of the stories you could tell about uh, some of the lads back in the day. Because most guys were pretty good, right? But there was some that were like, "Yeah, man, you're doing the wrong thing. You got to slow down, calm down." Yeah. So yeah, yeah, times are different. Absolutely. Uh, yep, they are. Well, hey, Mick. I appreciate it, man. I hope you have a fantastic Thursday night. Um, I would like to wish your club good luck this weekend, but as you know, I can't do that. Um, next week I can, because they're playing somebody besides the Cats. So, but uh, I guess it be another great round of footy, and I, I can't wait to get it started, and it, it begins tomorrow morning. Uh, you know, so I'll be in my classroom bright and early to, uh, to flip on the, uh, Carlton and, uh, Brisbane game. And I'll, I'll listen to like the first 10 minutes of it, 10 minutes of it on the radio before I turn on the television to start out the, uh, the day then. Cause I have to actually move my television into place and plug it in, uh, before I can turn the game on there, but I'll have a couple of hours watching the game before the school day starts. Yeah. That could be a really good game. And just be careful, mate. If Nat Matthew Nix has done the right thing and spent those crows kicking hundreds of goals, hundreds and hundreds of set shots at training this week, we can beat your cats. Have a oh, I know weekend, you can. Man. I know you can. Cheers, man. Talk to you soon.
All right, Mick. Thanks so very much for coming on, man. I do appreciate it. Love chatting with you. Uh, again, some huge news. You know, the Tasmanian uh, situation is absolutely awesome. I, I am so excited that uh, that they are in the comp now. I was hoping it was going to be earlier than 2028 because I'm going to be 65 years old then. Gosh, darn it. Uh, but that is what it is. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, remember you can find everything related to my website or to my podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. You can get on the mailing list uh, when uh, new episodes come out. Uh, once the episode's released over on my website, I drop that into an email to the people on my mailing list. So therefore they have the option of listening to it on, on like 13 different platforms. I used to send out just the Stitcher platform, but I'm now sending it out to where they can go to you know, if you're not subscribed to the podcast on your favorite host, there are links where you can go ahead and do that there. Uh, if you can leave a review, if you enjoy the show, I hope you'll take a few minutes and tell the world about that. Uh, that is uh, a huge help to the show. Uh, again, I want to thank Shannon Gill. Uh, I cannot thank you enough for the kind words. And uh, my heart has started beating properly again. Uh, if you want to help out the podcast monetarily, you can certainly do that uh, with the uh, Buy Me a Coffee page. You can do that or click on my storefront, my Redbubble page there as well. Um, actually, I've sold three shirts this week, which is really awesome. So all of you who have, have purchased a shirt, I want to thank you for that. That is absolutely terrific. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have an idea for a guest for the podcast, uh, please feel free to drop me a note uh, on my website or via email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach me at Yank underscore on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at a Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook, uh, a Yank on the Footy on Instagram. You can find my name, Craig Wessels, on LinkedIn or Facebook as well. Again, I do hope you'll share the podcast with your friends and family. And as I say at the close of every single episode, ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 259 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, I do hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family. And ladies and gentlemen, if you need to speak to someone, please reach out to them. You know, if you need some help, you need to talk to anyone, the numbers are in my show notes. Um, get out there, talk to someone. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up today. I had a, uh, we had a presentation at school uh, where uh, a lady who I've known for 20 years uh, came in to speak because her son, who was a very close friend of my son, uh, passed away on July 25th of last year from a fentanyl overdose. Um, he'd been revived um, with Narcan and sent home, but not enough, and he his overdose kind of kicked back in again, and he passed away in his sleep. Uh, this is a you know, look out for your friends. You know, try to keep them safe. Tell them you love them. Go out and have a you know a beer, go out and have a sandwich, get a coffee. Just just make sure they're okay. And make sure you're okay. And again, if you need to talk to somebody, please do that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, this is Craig Wessels. Goodbye.